it may not be good news for you that I have forgotten my watch this morning. So if you do see me checking my phone, it's just to make sure I'm not going to keep you for too long. It is an absolute privilege uh, to be with you. You're probably thinking, I right. Uh, maybe you wouldn't like to be up here. Um, but I must say, to be really honest, it was a privilege uh, when Alistair asked me um, to share, to share something of my story from the living word, a key verse or one or two or more that's been significant in, in my journey or my story so far. Um, and so I'm really delighted to be able to come and be with you. And isn't it so good that God is with us? Um, and I would just love in the next wee bit of time that we have that it's almost like, well, what it is, it's just family coming together together. Um, so I hope that you are going to have a wee bit of fun with that. Um, and you'll see in a moment. But I hope that you will be at ease and I hope that you will relax. I know sometimes uh, I get a little bit of feedback of what you're going to ask us to do next. I want you to be at ease, that I want you to come to experience something in this next wee while of God's rest. Um, and I have really been challenged coming back into that and having to look at that again in my own life, and I'll share a little bit about that. So just to put you at ease about what I hope to share, I also hope to be totally open to where the Lord takes us. Um, and I know that I could talk for Ireland, and, and I won't be doing that. And I do hope that we will have uh, time at the end to simply come and rest and receive uh, from the Lord. And maybe specifically, I hope what he wants to be saying to you, to each one of you, as you sit here today, that there will be a little bit of time that I hope to create where there's just that wee bit of space to wait, to be still, and to listen. That when you go out of here, like we, we obviously hope that on every Sunday, that you will know that you have met with God and you will maybe take out one thing into the rest of your story this week. I would love to, that we would have time to, to hear everybody's story. Um, I love this um, image on the screen, our theme, the living word. When Haddon was speaking last week, and like what a, what a guy to follow. Uh, but I love just that he only had that on the screen, so I thought, yes, that's great. That's all I'm going to have on the screen today too. Okay? Uh, because that, he spoke, and God spoke through him to us, but this image also spoke to me. I want you just to think, if that was you just now, it doesn't look like there's anybody else in that field of corn or wheat or whatever it is, wheat, um, and you've got your word, you've got the living word in your hand, where would you be heading just now? Where would that be? Can you imagine it? Where are you heading? Is that rare? Is that rare that you would be on your own having that time of solitude and just heading off with the living word? Where would it be? Do you think it, the mo oh, that would be rare. That would be a rare moment. If you only knew my week, it was a busy week. And so often don't we say, 
How was your week? I was busy. It was really busy. I say that. I realized how often I say it was really busy, as if we've accomplished something because it was busy. That was good, wasn't it? Was it? It was busy. He doesn't look busy, does he? I wonder what pace he's walking at. Is he striding it out? Nothing wrong with that. But to take that time with the word, heading out, maybe those fields are white onto harvest. There's different stages in our season, in the story of our lives. What is that living word to you? Isn't Jesus the living word? And if we are his children and have received what he came to die to give us, life to the full, isn't he in our hearts? We are in him and he is in us. But we have his living word. Um, a story, it's something that we all have. Um, I have a story that I think I've shared with some of you. Some of you may have heard it before. But it, looking at this this week, it reminded me uh, about the living word. Some of you have heard the story of I get to travel a bit. We lived overseas for a few years. And I was traveling back and forward uh, from Australia to home. And on one of those times of traveling, I always mixed feelings, living, leaving friends, family here, going to family and friends back in Australia. I was going through the airport. Um, always mixed feelings. Putting the hand luggage through and then I was stopped. If you remember the story, if you don't and if it's new to you, Hand luggage was going through, all those mixed emotions, knowing that I had three flights ahead of me. Um, it would be a long time till I landed in Australia. And just bracing myself. And the security guy said, sorry, we, we need to stop your luggage. There's something living and organic in it. Do you remember me sharing this with you? There's something living and organic in your suitcase. Now, I'd been staying with my, my buddy, I was staying with Jude the day or two before. I know she hates me uh, telling this story, but there are other little inhabitants in our house at times, not just me. Um, and I thought, what are they going to find when they open this suitcase? Is there going to be a wee furry thing that's going to jump out? That's really what I thought. So I was just, oh Lord, what is it in here? I know you're with me and you're going with me and this is all committed to you. But, you know, and I thought, could there be anything worse that's been put in there, planted in my suitcase? Um, but they opened it and the lid went up. I couldn't see what he was doing and he lifted this out. Is this yours? I went, yes. Is this your Bible? I went, yes. He said, oh, that's what it'll be. That's what it'll be. And uh, I know there's scientific reasons for that, why that comes up on the screen as living and organic. So they took it out and they put the suitcase through again and it went through no problem. Nothing registering as living and organic in my suitcase. It was my Bible. And he says, that's what we're finding. Now, as I said, there's physical reasons for that, density of the paper, etc., etc. But wow, what a picture. A reminder, because I need reminders that what God is telling me in his word is living. What does that mean? Having life, being alive and not dead. Here's some other definitions in use. 
active, thriving, strong, vigorous, burning or aglow, sufficient for existence. Wow, what he's telling me in his word is sufficient for existence. Flowing freely as water, lifelike as a picture or story. The living word, God. What a picture. That might be the only thing that you remember when you go from here or when you go on your holiday. The living word, the Bible, when you pack your suitcase, he goes with us wherever we go. And our stories are most powerful when we use them to point to biblical truth, the living word. My first, my story started, brought up in a, an amazing, uh, privileged family, if you like, who were... Uh, all Christians, and I knew that that was an amazing start for me in life and my heritage there. Um, but that still was a decision I needed to make to receive God's word into my own heart. One of the ways that I encountered the word was through a game. Do you remember drawing your swords? Do you remember in Sunday school drawing your sword? Yes. So do you have your sword with you? Have you brought your Bible with you or your phone? If you have, I would like you to get it to the ready. My voice, as you can hear, isn't fantastic at the moment, and it just decided to play up again uh, from last night. So I'm a little bit hoarse, so I apologize for the croakiness. So I need you to help me this morning. Uh, so we're going to have a wee bit of fun. I am going to tell you a little bit of my story through a series of verses. And I would love you to help me by looking these up. And it's going to be a race, all right? So I'm going to tell you the verse, and the first person to get up and say, got it, you've the opportunity, Johnny will bring the mic to you. you I would love you to help me by reading this out, okay? And there, you will be rewarded. Of obviously, in these things, there needs to be a reward, so you will also get some celebration sweets, all right? I have about 10, we'll see how we go with the time. Um, I have more than that, but we're not going to do them all. But they're key verses. And I want you, as I share and I'm open with you, and I hope vulnerable with you, and that's not always a comfortable place, but that's my desire to be very real with you. I want to encourage you to think about your story. Yes, you're going to hear a little bit about my story. But my desire is that you, before the Lord, are encouraged and, dare I say, challenged to think about your story, would it go in a sequence of the word, the living word, or verses? I needed to be reminded about these things. So you may know those key verses for your life, and I would encourage you just to allow the Lord, by his Spirit, to bubble those up in you. What is his living word to you as you help me explain the my story through the word. So the first one, and I know you could all stand up and say this one, all right, but this was a foundational truth way at the beginning. So the first person to turn up and who can read out John 3, 16, please go for it now and tell me the version that you're reading it in as well. John 3, 16, who's got it? Okay, brilliant. Just wait till we get the mic. If anybody wants to listen to this at home, they might. <laughs> Can we pick you up? 
let's, let's, let's put it on there so it's recorded for anybody that can't make it. Thank you for everybody that's made that it. I am amazed that you've all made it. Thank you. The version is ESV because that's what my phone brought up. So Wonderful. All good. Okay, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Amen. Thank you very much. Wonderful word. A very familiar word, isn't it? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That was the beginning in my story, receiving what he came to do when Jesus was, was given to us um, on the cross. That, for me, happened at the age of six at a, what we call EGR, Every Girl's Rally Camp. Vanessa, who, wrote, who read out that verse, will be very familiar with EGR uh, and the rally work that's, that probably be mainly the Brethren Church uh, would carry out those sort of, a bit like a GB or Girl's Guide. That was when I came to faith at one of those camps. And I would have to say that, yes, that's when I entered into God's family. But I know I did that on the basis of fear. I was terrified. <laughs> Anybody else like that? That I would go to hell. And that was the truth. Because I did need to make that decision. I did need to make that decision. But for me at that stage, I knew that it was based on, I knew that I needed to have my sins forgiven and receive that in my life. But I knew that that was for me so that I would be going to heaven. And that is very true. I'll tell you a little bit more about that story later on. My baptism verse then, first person to get John 15 and verse 16. Somebody go for that, please. John 15 and verse 16. Who's got it? Your phone, your Bible, or if you just know it. Who could do that? Up here, Ali. Thank you. NIV. Yes. Good. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Thank you. Thanks a lot. That verse, to be honest, was a, was a great verse. It's a powerful verse. I was given that at age 14 at my baptism. And I would say it's only in the last 10 or 15 years that I have really revisited that and realized the power in that word and how it applied to my life uh, and the importance of going and bearing fruit. The next one, uh, John 10, verse 10. John 10, verse 10. Who could get that and read it out? Okay, great. Thanks, Ed. The Amplified, John 10, 10. The thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have, have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Thank you. Thank you very much. That has been a very powerful verse in my journey. And that was actually in my late 30s. So it's a wee while ago. I like to think in my head I'm still there, um, but I'm not. <laughs> but there's more to life than this. That plea there has to be more to life than this. Do you ever think that yourself? Do you ever think there has to be more than this? Even as his child, I wasn't enjoying um, being his child. I realized that I didn't really know what that was about. I didn't know who I was in him. I didn't know what I already have. 
and I didn't realize what I was responsible for. Who are you? What do you have? And what are you responsible for? That was the beginning of a journey to realize my identity as God's child, that I'm accepted and significant and secure. And instead of always yearning for something more or something to change, realizing what I actually already had because I'm his child. If you like, going back to the cross and hearing what the truth was, rather than the lies that I'd just come to believe as almost more true in my life than the living word. That was the beginning of encountering freedom in Christ, literally and also as an organization and ministry and the tools that we have in that that have really helped me and many others connect with the truth and know how to deal with the stuff that was holding me back. And that's an ongoing journey or part of my story. I'm not going to ask you to look this one up, but 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 was powerful then. I was full of fear. And that verse that I had not been given a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind was something that I just kept saying over and over and over again, as if by just saying it over and over and over again, somehow the fear would go. But I had to realize I needed to come to lay that down, to say, yes, Lord, I'm worrying. I'm worried sick. I'm full of anxiety, but I'm going to repent. I'm going to turn away from that. I'm going to change my mind and see that outworked in my behaviors. I'm going to tell the enemy where to go. I'm going to say no to that continual torment and say yes to your word, your living word in my life. That's an ongoing journey. At that stage too, there were some of our children were sick, um, Lauren in particular, who just delighted she's with us here today in more ways than one. Um, and I remember asking the Lord, I didn't want to just take a verse and just cre- you know, say, this is the verse, so therefore you, Lord, you will do this. I wanted to really say, Lord, show me your way in this. And he dropped the reference into my head, Isaiah 44, 1, and stop at verse 6. That was powerful. I'm just going to leave that one with you. But that he was telling me, I didn't know what that verse related to. I didn't know it was about children but it was fear not. I have poured out my spirit upon your children. I will bless your descendants. And he goes on to name three of them. That was a powerful encounter with God where in my desperation and I came, the reference was dropped in and I looked it up. Wow, God, you hear, you see, you answer my heart cry. And here's the key one that I'm going to talk a little bit more on today. So if somebody can get this for me quickly. Psalm 46 and verse 10. Psalm 46, verse 10. Who can get it? Get to your feet and read it out for us all, please. Let's get the mic over to you so that we get this for everyone. Thanks, Anne. Mine is in the New Living Translation. Be silent and know that I am God. I will be honoured by every nation. I will be honoured throughout the world. Thank you. Be still and know that I am God. Wow. 
that verse, when, I, when Ali, Alistair asked me, would I share a key verse? You know, when you sort of think, oh, you know, yeah, I'll think about it. I'll, I'll take some time and I'll pray about it. And that's all good. But it was one of those moments. He said, have you got a key verse or verses that you know has been part of your story? And I kind of went, yes. <laughs> I knew that it was right there. And I, and I knew that I just said, yes, uh, I do. And I can do that, as I'm sure many of you can do too. This has been key. Be still and know that I am God. And God is continuing to speak to me through this verse. We had an opportunity to go and live in America in 2007, 2008. Johnny had a sabbatical opportunity in Berkeley in San Francisco. So we kind of went back and forward, as we tend to do, from country to country. So we were there a few months, home a bit, there a few months. And I remember going out thinking, okay, Lord, you're going to do something amazing in my life. It'll be, you know, out there. Um, I want to hear from you. And he gave me one word. It wasn't even the whole verse. It was B. And those of you that know me uh, just know that that's just B. I keep coming back to B. And I learned during that time, what does it mean to be? I want you just to take a moment right now to think, what would that mean to just be? Who are you? What comes to mind? Just take a moment. I wonder, were there negative things that drop in there? I always have a few of those still dropping in. They can be very persistent. They were extremely persistent then. You know, don't, don't amount to much. You're just, you know... You're a bit of a failure, you're not worth it, you're not worth the effort, you're not good enough. I needed to come and surrender and do an exchange. So that whole time, of course there were other words that he encouraged me with in my journey, but in terms of like the writing on the wall, B, that was it, B. And I, I have journeyed this verse uh, for 10 years. I'm not going to take time to go into all of that with you at all. But be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted in the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. What does that mean to be still? Um, I love the Amplified because it does just that. It just expands it. So thanks for reading that, Anne. The Passion Translation, don't know if you've encountered that, it says, surrender your anxiety, be silent and stop your striving, and you will see that I am God. I am the God above the nations, and I will be exalted through the whole earth. Or the message, step out of the traffic. Take a long, loving look at me, your high God. I thought this was interesting. Above politics, above everything wow take a moment just now to reflect on that word be means to exist or live 
to occupy a place or position be. Still, free from turbulence or commotion. Anybody go through anything turbulent recently or there's a commotion, but it's peaceful, silent, remaining in a place or at rest. Be really impressed. I looked up the Hebrew and the Greek for rest, and it means rest. <laughs> or be quiet. Or in the Greek, stop, cessation, or refreshment. And know, understand as fact or truth, with clarity and certainty, fixed in the mind or the memory that God, the creator and ruler of the universe, is God, is God. So I realized that I had known these verses, the living word, but was I actually standing firm on it? At peace and rest with clarity and certainty fixed in the mind or memory that wow, God, who you are, the creator of the universe, and that you love me, you love us. You are our protector. You preside over all of this stuff. And you give us your power because you are present in us, you wrap around us, and you have a purpose for each one of us to be here on your earth. And it's not so good that it's above politics and all the other stuff. Be still and know that I am God. I got to journey another part of that verse uh, when we went to Australia as part of the story. I know that I've mentioned this to you before. Um, and that was an obedience thing, if you like. But it was only in Australia that it became a surrender thing. So you can be obedient with completely the wrong attitude. <laughs> and you can be obedient and surrender. So yes, it was going. God, you're in this. We're all good, maybe. That, you know, and that was mixed feelings. But I know I've said to you about thrashing that out with the Lord on the beach. Not a bad place to do that, but when you're all on your own, in a sense, and everybody else is off doing their business, if God was saying to me, am I enough? Is he enough for you? Was he enough for me? And the slogans on the car number plates that season in Australia were the place to be. Here we were again. The place to be. Surrendered. Yes, it was a physical place. I don't think really the Lord is too concerned about the place physical that he has us from time to time. But he is very concerned, I believe, about the place that we have in him. Surrendered, obedient, expectant that there is more of him that we can get to know. And that was that journey. 
And from that place of surrender, the doors opened in terms of what he was calling me to be involved in, to do, to come to him. That was a key verse. So let's, first person who can get Matthew 11 and 28 to help me with this next bit. That would be wonderful, please. Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30. If somebody could stand up and read that out, please. Thanks, Margaret. Uh, this is from the message, and uh, it's Matthew eleven twenty eight. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Thank you. I love that in the message. Come to me and I will give you rest. Are you tired and worn out? Burned out on religion? Heavy laden or burdened? Is it busy? Is there a lot of busyness? And the thing about busyness is you never really get to the end of that to-do list, do you? I don't. There's always more on it, because the busier you get, we tend to create more stuff. Isn't that right? Has anybody got to the end of their to-do list, even if you don't make it in your head? Did anybody get to the end of it this week? I know in the one that I do in terms of work, there's a lot of the things that I think need to remember that, need to get to that. There's a lot of arrows that go into the next week. Yes, it's important to pick off the main things. But when you feel you never get to the end of it, when your attitude and your thinking is, I am never finished, and I can't rest, that I've done what I can and move on, that can create a lot of stress and anxiety, that we never feel we can rest and be still. What does it mean to come? And we're going to get to do that shortly. There have been other key verses. And the next one I just want to mention is Matthew 28 and 19 and 20. Could somebody look that one up for me, please? Somebody got that? Okay, thank you. Uh, this is King James. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded thee. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Thank you. Thanks a lot. We get to be, we get to do in coming, laying aside our burdens, there's lots of things that can, can come and flow from being, but we get to go. But how much more fruitful is it when we go from a place of being and knowing who we are as his children and being at rest in him, reliant on him for the going, whatever that is, whether that's at home, in your work, out on the mission field, it's all the mission field. It's all what he's called us to go into. What is that field for you when you look at that screen up there? 
because there's nobody doing anything more significant than what God has called you to do. Don't look at others who are involved in stuff and think they're doing something for the Lord. What's God saying about that? He just delights in you enjoying him and being in fellowship, enjoying him being your heavenly father and you being his child. He takes care then of the doing and the going. There have been other verses that I'll just mention and we're not going to look them up. What Jesus was about in Isaiah 61, 1-4. Looking at Esther 4, 14 and realizing that we're brought to this place for such a time as this and that's been part of a story for me too. Trying to skirt around Proverbs 31. There's not an amazing woman who's described in Proverbs 31. But landing on the bit that wow to fear the Lord is key. And what does that mean in my journey? To see him for who he is and come in obedience and surrender. That he is my first love above anything else. And a verse recently that um, has made me come back to all of this in Psalm 23, verse 1 to 3. It's the second verse that I never really noticed before until it happened this year, and I got a bit sick after Easter time. And I realized that he makes us lie down in green pastures, often so that he can restore our souls. I realized that because I had to step back from work, and involvements. I wasn't around here for probably a couple of months. And interesting, the coughing started again last night, but God's got that. Um, he was making me lie down in his green pasture so that he could restore my soul and equip me and empower me for the next part of the story. And that was hard. So I was learning rest uh, through sickness. I'm not saying that's um, always what uh, God's doing in that, but for me, it was to learn rest. And actually, that word makes is a forcing word. Sometimes he needs and allows us to be made to lie down so that he can restore our soul. And he is with us in that. So as we look about, think about rest, there are three aspects that I have been learning, and I'm just learning some of this at the moment. So very much what I'm sharing is not a finished work that you're looking at in me. Thank you, Lord. I'm still in the making, but becoming hopefully more and more like him as his disciple, which is what being a disciple is. But in terms of rest and looking at the meaning of rest in those key verses, there's an attitude of rest, an action of rest, an anticipation of rest. Where are you in rest? Is that a bad word? Is that something um, that you find it hard to relate to? Is it just about sleep? I know for my kids at the minute, the Daniel and, and Danny, then the two young kids, for them it's just about getting enough sleep at night. Um, because they're always up with the kids. And that's a season. There are seasons when physical rest is really hard to take hold of. But rest, that, that's 
calmness and quietness an attitude of rest is trust it's really from our heart isn't it we need the physical rest the action of rest and that can be brief moments <sighs> cup of tea <laughs> isn't that right sit down how many feel guilty about taking rest yep some of you feel guilty sometimes about taking rest and I've learned that a little bit better in the last year. In that action of rest, I have been deliberately taking and realizing how much I need secret place time. Now, I do tell my loved ones where that is. <laughs> but I go to a place and try to do that for a few hours each week. The National Trust membership gift has been brilliant for that. To literally go and I know that I am also deliberately coming to meet with God. Yes, he's with me all the time. But I go for a few hours each week to sit or to walk with no agenda. I don't always even take my Bible. I'm just going to enjoy his creation and be still and listen. I go and I look. Okay, I'll tell you where I go. I go to Rowellum. Okay, so if we all meet there, that's good. I'm sure the Lord has something in that. There's enough space for us all. I go and I sit, and I've even just walk it in the walled garden there. It's like walking with God in the garden. He walks with me in the garden. With you, each one of us. He just delights to walk with us in the garden, wherever that is for you. Can you think about where that might be for you? If you were to take and decide to take even an hour or two in your week, where would that be? Have you got it? Could you do it? I look at the flowers, I look at the different seasons, totally cut back in the winter time. You just think, is anything going to come in those flower beds again? And to see in the spring, the shoots coming out, new life, flowers all over the place just now, and then the, the fallback from those when we see the colors of the leaves changing in the autumn time and see God as creator in that. Just look and see the wonder of God and let him whisper to me, I can only highly recommend that secret place time. Or maybe you need days apart. Maybe it is a sabbatical. But God knew that we would need Sabbath. And I'm learning a bit more about Sabbath rest. I recommend a book to you that I am going through the moment. Uh, Mark Buchanan has written this book, The Rest of God. I'm getting on my team, encouraging my team to read this at the moment as well. Um, the rest of God, restoring your soul by restoring Sabbath. Highly recommend this book. Also because after each of the sections, it gives you a little practical thing to do, which are just amazing. One of them is just play. God wants us to play, to have fun, to take time to just go and just thank him just think above all of the stuff that we want to bring to him and he wants to hear and he wants to answer the the challenges and the, the trials in our lives he wants to respond to that but just to go 
to thank him for who he is and that he's with us. There's loads I could say more about that, but there isn't time. But I recommend you, just like me on this journey, to find the rest of God and enjoy it, to see what you think of that. And I would love to hear your feedback, if that's something you feel that God would like you to do. Don't wait until you're forced to rest and you're made to lie down. I've been there. Build it in as you go in the busyness. So there's an action of rest. It's looking even at Sabbath, and there's more that he'll tell you in that book about that. What does that look like? It's not what we've made it, but it's how much we need to stop after the gift of work. And it is a gift to enjoy Sabbath rest as well, where we cease from doing the things that we have to do and get to enjoy doing the things that we actually want to do. How about that for the Sabbath? Whenever you take your Sabbath rest, sometimes Sunday can be very busy. It may be another time. And it's the anticipation of rest, the rest of God, that we can go into wherever he sends us. Leaning on him, trusting in him, because he is the way, the truth, and the life. So we're leaning on him, trusting in him, knowing he's in us, but we're anticipating the rest of God for the rest of our lives, forever in eternity. And we get to go from here to there with Christ in me, Christ in us, the hope of glory. A Danish theologian has said, the press of busyness is like a charm seeking to lay hold of every younger victims so that we're scarcely allowed time for God to develop in us Christian character. This is actually essential for discipleship and to becoming more and more like Jesus is to take that time aside from the busyness, but even in the midst of the busyness, that we're resting on him, but time aside to cease and to stop. It's Martha and Mary all together, if you like. It's not one or the other. One was better, but what is best? It's the combination, isn't it? God's rest is deep and profound. It's far above the rest that we get after being worn out from work. It's much, much more. It's the rest of our activity, but it's that harmony and balance, body, soul, and spirit, all found in God. Is he enough for you? Is he enough? As you look at your week now and going into your week for the next part of your story, is he enough for you? Is he enough? I'm going to stop now because I want us to have time to be still and know that he is God and to come unto him. Because when we come and we rest, we receive. And I want us to come to the table now and take time to do that. We're going to play a song, Carrie Job's song, 
uh, as we come and do that. I'm going to give thanks for this opportunity that we have to come and meet with Jesus, to remember what he has done for each one of us so that we receive not only eternal life, but life to the full. So I want to encourage you to come in your time. We're just going to take the, the rest of our time to do this. And we're going to be still and rest. So I'm going to pray and then I'm going to invite you just to come up at any time in the next 10 or 15 minutes and have that time to be still and know that he's God. To come to lay your burden and your stuff down and receive the rest that he wants to give you. So Lord, we want to thank you for who you are, for what you have done for us, Lord, that you're with us and that you give us life to the full. Help each one of us, Lord, to take hold of that in our story, which is in your story at this time. We thank you for the bread and the wine that symbolize your body that was broken and your blood shed for us. Speak to each one of us, Lord, afresh, that one living word as we come and receive from you and rest. In Jesus' name, amen.